Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I heard an old, old story. How a savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. Talk Radio and Overcoming Life's Obstacles. This is Jerry McGee. Appreciate you listening in. And today is um, December the 18th, 2018. It occurred to me lately that I need to put the date because you might be listening to a tape 50 years from now. Who knows? Anyway, thank you for listening in. Uh, we come live the first and third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8, p- 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. And um, if you would like prayer at the end of the show, if you call 646-595-4784 and be sure and press 1, I'll be happy to pray for you. And so let's just begin with prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this night. We thank you for your word, that you sent your word to heal us. Thank you that you're the healer, Lord Jesus, and tonight or today or whoever, whatever time anyone's listening to this message, Lord, We just ask you that your glory will rest upon each person that hears this message, that your mighty Holy Spirit will move upon the lives of each person who hears. And, Father, I pray for physical healing, mental healing, emotional healing, uh, spiritual healing for each person who listens in. And, Lord, I just ask you tonight to let me be a tree of life. I pray that rivers of living water will come forth from our innermost being. I pray that I speak life with my mouth, Lord. Lord, I ask you to cover every listener with the blood of Jesus. I ask you, Lord, to put your holy angels around each person who listens in. Lord, I pray a wall of fire, a hedge of protection, your warring angels around each person who listens, around Dorothy and her family and me and my family and each person who's listening to this message in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that the truth will come forth, that each person who listens will know the truth, the truth will set them free. Father, I pray that tonight will be a life-changing experience in a person's uh, relationship with you and their uh, relationship with the Word of God. Lord, thank you that you're the healer and you're the deliverer and you're the Savior and you're our Master and you're our King and you're our God. And Lord, in Jesus' name, I ask you to bring to my remembrance everything you've said. I pray, Lord, that 
you take human words and make them be able to say more than they could normally say and take human ears and make them be able to listen more than they could even listen to because of your mighty power. In Jesus' name, we bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places, mm-hmm. from each person from on this earth, every person in the heavenly places and on this earth, we bind you in Jesus' name. And we forbid you in the name of Jesus to lie, to deceive, to twist words, uh, to keep people from knowing the truth that sets them free. In Jesus' name, we bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over us, spoken over the listeners, uh, and to boomerang back on the enemy, every curse and assignment sent against us, not to kill them, hurt them, harm them, but for they'll fear God and turn away from evil. And Lord, we do bless them with Christian character, with salvation, with the fear of God, the conviction of sin, and a spirit of repentance in Jesus' name. And, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit will flow from my life to the lives of each person who hears this message in Jesus' name. Well, what I felt led to to talk about tonight was I really want to teach people how to do a word study. I believe this is probably the most life-changing thing that God has taught me. And I'll just kind of give a testimony, and then I'm going to, by God's grace and by his Holy Spirit, Um, show you how to do a word study and if you have your bible if you're home where you have a bible or if you're listening in the car you obviously can't read can't drive and read but um but anyway if you have your bible it would be good to follow along with me but it started I, i started attending at milton green seminars in 1982 and basically milt would just and he's the man that cast the demons out of james robinson he was a humble carpet cleaner um basically he had a he didn't have very much of an education but he was the most uh godly man and i learned at his the first seminar i attended i I learned more than i'd learned in 25 years in the church back Mm -hmm. in 25 years i've been in the church and it was like a treasure hunt in the word of god and basically all he would do would be to read the word of god and then lead people in repentance and he would explain the word, and he would read uh, the scriptures and explain it. And, of course, that's what uh, Nehemiah did in the book of Nehemiah was they would stand all day and read the scriptures. But he would read the scriptures, and he would explain it as he read it. And through him, I learned that sin is behind sickness, and I also learned that sin is behind our need for deliverance. You know, James 4, 7 says, give yourself to God and resist the devil, and he'll flee. So the way we give ourselves to God is through repentance. Scripture says in 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sin, God is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So in James 4, 7, give yourself to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. The scripture says the thief, which is the devil, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So behind sickness or demonic powers, behind need for deliverance, obviously, is demonic powers. But the scripture says in Psalms 107, talks about people that uh, were uh, imprisoned. And, of course, it is, you could say in a spiritual prison, because that's what he's talking about. It says that there were those who dwelt in, in uh, darkness, um, and they were fools because of their rebellion, and they were put in a spiritual prison. And then it says they cried out to the Lord, and I'm paraphrasing, they cried out to the Lord in their distresses, And he sent his word to heal them. 
Now, Jesus Christ is the word of God according to John 1.1. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was made flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father. So we know that Jesus Christ is the living word of God. And what I learned at those seminars is that when you read the word of God for three days, you create an atmosphere of Jesus. The scripture says that his presence was necessary for there to be healing. The word of God says that. And so in his presence, the scripture says, there's fullness of of joy, and in his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And the scripture says he sent his word to heal us. No place in the word does it say he sent folks to heal us. In fact, the Bible teaches, and I may lose a bunch of people, that medical is sorcery. In fact, the word, um, I think the word, I don't know how it's rendered in the in Galatians, but the word, it says witchcraft, I think, in the um, King James. Um, but anyway, that word there means pharmacia, pharmacy, uh, a spell-giving potion, a pharmacist, a druggist. And so God has an answer for every problem we have. And God thought, taught me through Milton Green to do word studies. And I thank God for this man. I attended 55 of his seminars. And if you have my little book called Clearing the Land, it's dedicated to Milton Green, a humble carpet cleaner. Through him, God taught me the word of God, the types of shadows. And I surely don't know everything, but I know a little bit. And so what little bit I know, I can really say that he mentored me because I attended 55 of his meetings. But I learned through there that sin was behind sickness. In fact, he would he would read the Bible and he would give the types and shadows and a lot of the scriptures in the Old Testament, New Testament, and he would say, uh, he would tell when people were in rebellion, <laughs> hedge down, sick them, he'd say. And it's really a picture of God's refuge is like a big umbrella. When we're under God's refuge, that's a picture of walking in the spirit or presenting your body to God as a living sacrifice. It's a picture of walking the highway of holiness. It's a picture of being submitted to his lordship, of denying yourself and taking up your cross and following him. Then we're under God's refuge. uh, Psalms 91 says, he who dwells in the secret place of the most high God will abide under the shadow and protection of the almighty. And that's a good illustration of what God's refuge is like. If you likened it to a big umbrella, when you're under that umbrella, through walking in the spirit, walking the highway of holiness, uh, making Jesus Lord, dying to your flesh, letting go of your life are all words for submitting to his lordship, being on the potter's wheel. Um, Let's see, I believe it's, um, well, I'm trying to think of the scripture. I think it's in Peter, but anyway, it's saying that... um, in su- no, maybe that's in Romans. It says, in suffering, sin loses power. Uh, also in First Peter, it says, arm yourself with the same purpose, for as Christ suffered in the flesh, so you suffer in the flesh, for in suffering, sin loses its power. So for us to deny ourselves, our flesh suffers. And sometimes people say, well, you know, God wants you sick. He wants you to suffer with sickness. No, he don't. He sent his word to heal you, and the scripture says that Jesus died at Calvary that we might be healed that we might be touched by his by his blood by his stripes we're healed and so um anyway so when we die when we choose against our flesh example 
if I'm holding unforgiveness or I'm angry and I don't want to be angry um, or I want to be angry, uh, when I choose to forgive, my flesh suffers. When I choose to give up whatever it is that I'm doing that God told me not to do, my flesh suffers because my flesh likes to do uh, bad things. My flesh likes to be angry. It likes to be hold, hold on to unforgiveness. And so that's a picture when I choose against myself to choose God's way over my way, his plan over my plan, I'm dying in the, to the flesh. I'm suffering in the flesh. And so when I'm under God's refuge, I'm safe. There's a scripture, I believe, in um, Habakkuk. I should have, I, I didn't have an outline tonight, so I didn't look up those scriptures. But it says that when we're in God's refuge, it's like a rainstorm against a wall. In other words, if you're in God's refuge, it's kind of like if you're in the house and it's raining and you've, You've been in those uh, times when it's storming outside and it's raining outside and you can hear the rain hit the windows, uh, but it but you're dry and safe inside. Well, it, the, he's likening that scripture to that when we're in God's refuge, we are. It's like a rainstorm against a wall. In other words, the enemy cannot get to you. The scripture says in Psalms forty-one ten or eleven. I know God is pleased with me when my enemy does not shout triumph over me. Another scripture says, uh, Lord, deliver me from uh, my enemy who is thy sword. That's in uh, King James, um, Psalms seventeen thirteen, I think. Um, uh, anyway, so when you read the word sword in the Bible, it's God sends the sword, and, of course, the demons carry out the sword. Because it's, the curses are carried out by demon powers. And so when we step outside of God's refuge in any area, we open ourselves up to attack. And so that was something that I learned through Milt was to do, in fact, thank God for the word of God. Because the word is forever settled in heaven. God watches over his word to perform it. The leaf withers, the flower fades, but the word of God, our God shall stand forever. There's another scripture that says, and this has meant so much to me when my son was living a homosexual lifestyle, um, the scriptures, I would just saturate myself in the word of God. It was the only comfort that I received. And, and it, it says that I would have perished in my affliction had I not uh, been in the word of God or have not known the word of God. The scripture says the secrets of the Lord are for those that fear him. Proverbs 25, 2 says, um, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search a matter out. So when you have any problem, God has taught me to do a word study. You might not find, if it's a disease, you might not find, you might not find the name of the disease in the Bible, but you can find the symptoms, uh, distress, depression. You can find a lot of words. And then, of course, you always go to whatever body part it is. If that body part's listed in the word of God, then pull up all the scriptures on um, the part of the body that's afflicted and I can say and I'm saying this for the glory of God because I, the scripture says if you boast you're looking for trouble and I'm not saying this boasting because God's the one that showed me how to do this but I, I that's how I've remained um, well I thank God that I'm almost 80 and I'm in good health and I don't run to the doctor I don't call the doctor if I start to get sick or anything I start saying okay Lord what did I do where did I get out from under your refuge? Where, where Was it a generational curse? Was I born outside of your refuge? 
which is another thing you have to deal with. Uh, most most people, because their parents weren't living under the lordship of Jesus, parents cover their children, and, and they're just born outside of God's refuge. And that's where you're a target. That's where it says in Psalm uh, Psalms 91 um, that uh, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God will abide in the shadow and protection of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, you're my refuge, my fortress. You'll deliver me from the snare of the trapper, the northern pestilence, the arrow that flies by day. See, the arrows fly by day, and they fly outside of God's refuge. And so when I step out of God's refuge, then I get hit. And so what God has taught me is, okay, Lord, what are you trying to teach me through this trial I'm going through? Did you know that pain's a demon, and it comes in through vexation? Ecclesiastes uh, 10 or 11 or 11.10 says, uh, so remove vexation from your heart and put pain out of your body. And vexation uh, means grief, sorrow, uh, wrath, uh, anger, provocation, hurt, uh, and idolatry because in my pain I didn't turn to God. And, of course, it can be a generational pain coming down from mom and dad. It can be coming down through people being beat. Are being hurt. Uh, if we let the sun go down on our anger, what, wherever, whatever area is hurt, it will have pain there. And so there's lots of things that have gone on in our lives that we've long forgotten. We've had stuff st- stored down in our treasure, our treasure house, or our heart uh, that um, we've long forgotten. And, and, you know, deliverance is a progressive thing. Like It's like sanctification. It takes a lifetime. It's like peeling an onion so what god's taught me is to go to the whatever the problem is look for the spiritual root to it look for whatever was planted down in my heart through sins i've committed through the generational nickels of the forefathers through letting the sun go down on my anger or even my sin it has brought vexation down into my heart and it manifests if it's not dealt with it'll manifest in your body as pain and so when we present, uh, render God's refuge, it's a picture of presenting your body to God as a living sacrifice. And so um, I'll just kind of start with a testimony. My son, my youngest son died of AIDS in 1989, and I had prayed for him for 20 years that God, whatever it takes, just don't let him go to hell. And a year before he died, I said, Lord, if you know he's never going to trust you, or if he's never going to love you, never going to trust you, he's going to continue this lifestyle, just take him out of this world. And uh, basically I turned him over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh so that his soul would be saved. And so when he got AIDS, I was excited because I thought the Lord had told me seven years before that he was going to be serving the Lord by the time he was 25. And he died three days past his 25th birthday. And actually he witnessed to three little boys that had been sexually molested uh, he witnessed to them uh, on his 25th birthday, three days before he died. And now his testimony has gone worldwide on YouTube. In fact, if you're listening and you want to hear his testimony, you can go to my website, jerrymcgee.com, and that's uh, all lowercase, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com, and you can hear his testimony that was made 13 days before he died. Now, I want to say something again about pain. This boy repented of everything that he knew to repent of, of relationships that he had, and he repented, and he died pain-free. Uh, I had a, the la- a lady from hospice came out, 
and she asked me if he had pain, and I said no. And she said, well, you better get morphine because homosexuals die such a tormented death that even with morphine, they have to be tied to the bed. Well, I got I went to the a doctor and got and he, he wasn't under a doctor's care, but this was a Christian doctor, and he said uh, he said I don't know anything about AIDS, but I know how to pray. But anyway, he gave me morphine where my son wouldn't suffer. So the the day before he died, I said, "Son, does anything hurt you?" And he said, "No, mom." And so I ended up pouring the the morphine down the commode. He died in total peace, pain free. His testicles were the size of a large cantaloupe. He had uh, torn flesh around his rectum, which was herpes lesions around his rectum. His arms were getting ready to have to wrap them because they were literally rotting because you just rot. He went blind in his eye. He had had to wear a diaper. Uh, He had a constant cough. Had to sleep with his feet uncovered because of neuropathy in his feet. And a month before he died, he asked me, he said, Mom, do you think I'll have to suffer before I die? And I said, Son, if you don't think you're suffering, I don't think it's going to be any worse. He di- we were singing to him, and he died in total peace. Now, about a month before he died, he, was, he had been, when he, originally he went to a, a doctor that was supposed to be good with AIDS, and the doctor gave him some medication that made him, it was, it made him so nauseated that he had to have another medication, which was for the nausea, and it made him sleep. Well, he wasn't saved at that time. And I knew that if he didn't uh, wake up, that he was going to go to hell. And so one day I just said, son, you need to get off this medicine. It's making you sleep all the time. And so anyway, I thought my pastor is going to think I'm crazy. He's going to judge me. What's he going to think? He's going to reject me. And one day that pastor came by the house and he said, Todd, he said, I have a word from God for you. He said, and I don't take it lightly, but God told me if you don't quit the medicine, you're going to die. Of course, he meant spiritually. And do you know my son quit the medication? He died in his total right mind. Um, The nurse from hospice said, how's your son's mind? I said, this kid has never been thinking so good in his whole life. He died free of any medication. And, but he had a heart of forgiveness. His stepfather was really mean to him, didn't want him there. And I know that about a few days before he died, um, he was laying in the uh, bed, and my, my, his stepfather was standing at the door, and tears were coming down the stepfather's eyes. And my son said to him, uh, Ta- uh, Bob, I love you. And so he had a, a forgiving heart. And so that encourages me that, if you've got pain in your body, you need to find the vexation. And it's usually, you think, well, I've repented of everything I know. Well, there's stuff. God doesn't tell, tell us everything that goes on. He doesn't heal us of everything at one time. Sometimes it's like peeling an onion. Sometimes deliverance, healing is instant. Sometimes it's a progressive thing. But God has kept me healthy, and I give grace. I give honor and glory to him. Uh, I'll be 80 in February, and I'm on no medication and God has kept my body healthy, and I'm thankful that he's taught me to live a lifestyle of repentance. Now, am I a perfect person? No. In fact, I'm so ashamed of myself today, I thought I don't need to be on the radio tonight with the attitude that I've had. I was so rude to a lady today um, that 
she was trying to come to my house uh, to to look at a puppy. I also have a kennel, and I'm so I was so ashamed of myself. I was having a hard time even forgiving myself. But she couldn't. I, I knew it was going to be on the radio tonight, so uh, I knew that I like to keep the day for the Lord. And so I had told her, you know, you can come if you come at twelve o'clock. Um, you, it's okay And so she she kept getting lost I mean like she would end up 10 miles down the road And I got so frustrated with the lady That I was really rude to her And I just said would you please forgive me For being so rude And uh, she said oh no problem I said you know what She was trying to excuse it I said you know what there is no excuse Here I'm going to be on the radio And I don't need to be uh, this kind of attitude is not acceptable, and I just ask you to forgive me. Well, I have a hard time forgiving myself, but anyway, uh, I did. But but what I'm telling you is, when we if there's if we let the sun go down on the, on our anger and on these things that I think I've gotten sidetracked from what I was going to say. So Lord, bring it back to my memory. Back to Todd dying in total peace. He was a, he had a very forgiving heart, and when we as children were hurt. It could be a generational pain because your mother and father let the sun go down on their anger. It can be something that happened to you as a child that somebody twisted your arm or hurt you or beat you. Uh, it, it develops a soul tie. If we let the sun go down on it, we stuff all of those things, especially if you've had a traumatic childhood. You stuff those things. There's lots of things down in our heart we don't even see because what's in the heart comes out the mouth and what's in uh, a heart comes up into the thought life, and when we lust, we're lusting from what's coming down into our heart, from from our heart. The Bible says that when we lust, it's coming from our own heart. But the vexation is also coming from the heart. Childhood experiences where you were hurt, or beat, or uh, spanked. You know, at one seminar I taught on on soul ties, I had about twelve ladies. Healed in the behind area because their daddy's one lady's daddy beat her with a board, and when she let the sun go down on it, it caused pain. And here she was, 50 years old, and she had pain in her backside, and it was because of vexation that's down in the heart, which is grief, anger, sorrow, provocation, hurt, and all of those things. Because I let the sun go down on it, I didn't turn to God; it became idolatry. And so God tells us to remove it from our heart. But after my son died of AIDS, I developed a sinus infection that lasted over probably over a year and a half. And and because I had my in my lifetime, I had only had maybe been sick three or four times in my life that I can remember. And uh, I knew God wasn't pleased about something, and so I kind of narrowed it down to uh, pride in my mouth, which those were two things that fit me. And so. Um, and I said, Lord, don't let. And I was taking. Then I was taking some antibiotics. And I said, Lord, if and people would people would say to me, Oh no, Jerry, you're not you. You're walking with the Lord. No, there's not. I said, God's not pleased about something. And so I narrowed it down to pride in my mouth. And so, uh, but I was taking going to a different uh, a doctor was giving me antibiotics. And I said, Lord, if there's sin in my life that you're trying to show me, don't let any of this medication work. And you know, nothing, nothing worked. And finally, I went to an allergy doctor in in uh, San Antonio, and he gave me uh, an, an antibiotic. Plus, he gave me some kind of a allergy medicine. I don't know what it was, but anyway, it stopped it. But my it caused my body to bloat to the place where my 
largest slacks liked about five inches hooking. And I thought, I'm not taking this medicine if I never do get over this. And I thought, you know, I just need to do practice what I preach because at the time I would tell people to repent over the word of God. So I thought I need to practice what I preach. So I pulled up every scripture on pride because God had showed me that it was pride in my mouth, but I, I, I couldn't understand what God was trying to tell me. So I pulled up all the scriptures on the computer and printed them out on pride, arrogance, boastfulness, haughtiness, mouth, lips, tongue, words. Um, and it was like a two-inch two high stack of computer sheets. And it took me three days to go through those, those scriptures and repent over each one. And after the first day, I saw so much pride in my life. I remember saying to God, God, you must be so sick of me. Because before that, I would read the word and I think, you know, my husband needs to read this. Or, my, you know, my sister needs to see this. Or my mother needs to see this. But, but this day, it was not my mother, not my father, but it's me, O oh Lord, in the need of prayer. And so I began just to keep on repenting. And at the end of three days, it took me three days to go through those, those scriptures. And at the end of three days, I was totally healed, except my nose was a little stopped up on one side. And so um, I, then I started looking up all the scriptures on nose. And when I got to the scripture in Job 41 of Leviathan, it said, could you put a rope in his nose? And I had a vision of God trying to restrain my mouth, uh, my words, uh, and, and having a rope in my nose. And I said, oh, God, I feel like i got a rope in my nose. Please forgive me. And my nose opened, and I've been totally healed since 1989. Um, and so God showed me that he sent his word to heal me and to deliver you from all your destructions. You know, when you run to the world for a problem, for example, sickness is a curse, according to Deuteronomy 28. Sickness is a curse. And if I'm trying to get, I'm trying to find some man to heal this curse, it's not possible. You can put a Band-Aid on a spiritual problem, but it's a curse, and demons carry out curses. And so you need to find the, the reason why, um, the cause of the curse. The scripture says in Proverbs 26, 2, like a sparrow in its footing, like a swallow in its flying, so a curse without a cause cannot light. So when you get sick, or if I see if I see a cold coming toward me, or I see some kind of sickness coming toward me, I say, Lord, what are you trying to, what do I do? And then I start repenting, and it usually goes the other direction. And so... Uh, I thank I thank the Lord that He taught me, and I'm going to just tell you the glory goes to God. I'm not trying to tell you this to glorify myself because, in fact, I was even afraid to share it because it's almost like I don't want to ask for trouble. And so, but I want to I want to share something that will absolutely change your life if you will get in the Word, and if you don't if you don't like being in the Word. Possibly it could be because you didn't like your daddy or mother's word. When I first started teaching seminars in 1990, a girl said, uh, Jerry, for some reason I have a hard time listening to the word, and I, I just don't like it. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. How did you think about your daddy's word? And she went, oh, I, every time my daddy would speak, I'd go, oh, I can't stand his voice. I led her in repentance. 
And I can tell you from that day forward, this girl is one of the persons that has been in the word constantly. But so if you didn't want to hear your mother and daddy's word or maybe you disregarded your daddy's word or you shunned it or you tuned him out, you're doing God the same way. And so when we make judgments on our parents, it puts a block between us and God. And God has a river of blessing he wants to pour out on us, but all we get is a little trickle because of the log jams that we put up in our life because of the judgments we make on our parents. And so one thing is so important is to make a list, and you can make a list, and you'll still need to make another list and another list. Because I had good parents, and I've forgiven my parents for thousands of things. Any place a parent violates the word of God in training you up, you have an automatic issue because the scripture says, Fathers, uh, don't provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And so um, any area parents violate the word of God training us up, there's an automatic issue. Now, God doesn't show you all your issues at once. Deliverance takes a lifetime. Deliverance is a part of the sanctification process. It's like peeling an onion. And the next layer is whatever your problem is today. And the answer to all your problems is in God's word. Um, there's not one problem you could have that you wouldn't find in God's word. And, and, and God says, you'll find me when you seek for me with your whole heart. And so uh, I first want to, um, I want to read, I want to show you how to do a word study and show you what I do. And so if you'll go to Proverbs chapter 2, I'll start with there. Let me see if I have Proverbs 2 here. I'm having to switch back to my my uh, iPad. Proverbs 3, not 2. Okay, this is how I would do a word study. Now I'm going to read it and then I'm going to show you how to repent over each verse. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. I would say, Lord, forgive me for getting your teaching, forgiving your teaching, forgetting your teaching, and forgive me that I haven't let my heart keep your commandments. For length of days and years of life, it will be added to you if you do that. So, Lord, forgive me for not doing that, which would shorten my days. It says, do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the table of your heart. So that's in verse 3. And so I would say, Lord, don't forgive me for letting kindness and truth leave me. Forgive me for not binding it around my neck and writing it on my heart. And one thing I do is when I read that before, I just kind of like in the spirit realm pretended I was tying something around my, binding it around my neck and then writing on my heart. And I don't know if that's the way you do it, but anyway, that's the only thing that I've seen so far, and and there may be a deeper meaning of that, but that's what the Lord has shown me. It says, so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. So if you're not a person feeling uh, that that is finding favor and good repute in the sight of God and man, then you know that there's uh, some place you violated the word of God. Lord, forgive me for not binding, letting, forgive me for letting kindness and truth leave me. You know, the, the new covenant is kept when we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and our neighbor as ourself. And then it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. 
I would say, Lord, forgive me for not trusting you with all my heart. Forgive me for leaning always to my under, my own understanding. It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. Lord, I haven't acknowledged you in everything, and I ask you to forgive me. It says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Lord, forgive me for being wise in my own eyes. Now, you repent whether you think you're guilty or not. Because if you haven't done it, your forefathers could have done it. Because the sins of the parents are passed on to the children, to the third and fourth generation. It says, it do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. So, Lord, forgive me for always being wise in my own eyes. Forgive me for not fearing you and turning away from evil. Lord, I turn away from evil now. It says it will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. What a promise. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. God, forgive me for not doing that. And so here's the blessing. So that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. That's a picture of prosperity and and provision. It says, my son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. So, Lord, forgive me for rejecting your discipline. You know, when you go through trials, God wants to discipline you, and that doesn't necessarily mean he's mad at you. He just wants to line you up with the word of God. And, of course, if you refuse and you're blatantly being rebellious, yes, he'll give you a spanking, and he may let things happen to you to get you on the right track. My dad used to say sometimes when you go through things that God's just tapping you on the shoulder and trying to get your attention. It says, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. And so the discipline of the Lord is that when I go through a trial, find out what God's trying to teach me and align myself with the word of God. It says, for whom the Lord loves, he disciplines as a father corrects his son in whom he delights. How blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Lord, give me your wisdom. Give me your understanding. Lord, in Jesus' name, forgive me for not seeking after it. It says, for her profit is is better than the profit of silver, and it's better than fine gold. She's more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her. Lord, forgive me for comparing, desiring everything in this world rather than desiring you. Long life is in her right hand, and in her, in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are paths of peace. And uh, so God doesn't lead you in any path that's not the path of peace. I know when my son died, my husband left, my husband left me, my son died, and my neighbor said, Jerry, you just have so many problems. But I was the happiest person in the world. And I said, well, Lord, am I deceived? Because I had God's peace in the midst of all of it because I was clinging to the Lord with my whole heart. Anyway, but I said, but Lord, if I'm deceived, I'm happy and I have have your peace. But if I'm deceived, show me, Lord. I don't want to be deceived. So I went up to Maine. I was living in Lindale. I still live in Lindale, but I was living in a place called Hideaway Lake in Lindale. And um, I was going up to Maine to be with my grandchildren and um i was reading i was reading the bible to them like i did every time i was with them just about i'd read the bible to them and it said all of her ways are pleasant and all her ways are peace 
and I thought, Lord, you showed me that I was okay. It was normal to have your peace. It says, she's a tree of life to those to take hold of her, and happy are all those who hold her fast. You want to be happy? You have to hold wisdom and truth and God's word close to you. It says, the the Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth, and by understanding, he established the heavens. By knowledge, the deep were backed up and the skies mm-hmm. drifted with you, dew. You know, right there, you could just thank God for that. It says, my son, do not, do, let, do not let them vanish from your sight. Keep wisdom and discretion. God, forgive me for not keeping sound wisdom and discretion. Forgive me for getting my eyes off of uh, these things and onto the world. It says, so there'll be life to your body and, re- and adornment for your neck. That means in the spirit realm, you you know, you say, well, I don't have a dormant for my neck, but you can have it in your neck, around your neck in the spirit realm. The angels and demons can see the adornment around your neck. It says, then you will walk in your way securely and your foot will not stumble. <clears throat> so if we're stumbling, you know, the Bible says pride goes before a fall. Just recently, I fell about three times, and I think it's because I walked too fast, and my glasses from where the the distance and the part that's reading was hitting in the wrong place, and I tripped. But the Lord, but but you know, and I realize that I'm being attacked by the enemy. People say, well, you know, the devil's just doing an attack on you, and I said, yeah, but God's letting him. And the curse without a cause cannot lie. So I've been doing word studies on walk, um, fall stumble, stumbled, stumbling, um, and I've been doing word studies, getting tremendous deliverance, and I can tell you, Jesus is the Lord of my life. He's been the Lord of my life for 55 years. Uh, I'm thankful that when I got saved, uh, I never wanted to go back. I hated the world when I got saved, and so when I can't, when I, when the Lord allowed me to find him, um, I haven't, I've, I've not wanted anything but him. And uh, not that I'm perfect, because I'm certainly not. But mm-hmm. but anyway, I mean, I was as repentant as I knew how to be when I started doing those word studies. And I tell you, I can do that within about five minutes, any place in the Bible, and start repenting over each scripture. And tears are running down my cheeks from my eyes. And that's what it means to be washed with water in the word. It says, when you lie down, you'll not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Well, are you having a problem sleeping? Well, if you do, back up to the first part of that scripture and just repent over each scripture. It says, "Do not be afraid of sudden you uh, do not be afraid of sudden fear, nor of the onslaught of the wicked when it comes." In other words, it's going to come, but you don't have to fear it because if you're in God's refuge, you're safe. It's like a rainstorm against a wall. You don't have to fear what's going on in this world. And I'm telling you, if you um, if you have fear today in this world, I'm telling you, you need to you need to get in God's refuge. If you grew up not being protected, then the lies got the lie is that God's not going to protect me either, and that's why so people many people are afraid of what's going on in the world is because they didn't grow up in a safe place. You know, I always felt safe because my dad was the my dad was a protector, 
and when he he was always home, and I always felt safe. And my favorite time at night is to go to sleep. I always feel safe when I sleep, and a part of it is because I grew up safe. And even when my dad was 70 or 80 years old, he took me down to his property to show me uh, he had a river running through his land, and he took me down to show me the river, and I started through some bushes, and he said, and he was probably, I'd say, I said he was older than 70. He was probably almost 90. And he said, no, no, let me go through there. There may be a snake in there. And I always felt safe. And the reason you're afraid in this world is you need to go back and forgive your mother and father that you didn't grow up feeling safe. If you grew up in dysfunction, that's why you fear what's going on in the world. And all of these issues are issues that have to be dealt with if you're going to get delivered and you're going to get healed. You know, healing is not just physical. It's mental. It's emotional. It's spiritual. Um, it's mental. In fact, the word, the word salvation means deliverance from the molestation of the enemy. It says, for, your, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep you from your foot from being caught. And this was some things that I really repented over because my foot had been caught because I tripped. It says, do not withhold good from those whom it's due when it's in your power to, to do it. Lord, forgive me for withholding from people that have asked me for things. And this is not to say you're to be um, an, a doormat or to let people take advantage of you. I know a particular person that was, she grew up in Satanism, and she was taught that she wasn't good enough for anything, and she gives everything away. And so... Um, it's not talking about being a doormat. It says, do not say to your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow and I'll give it when it's there with you to give. <clears throat> do not devise harm against your neighbor while he lives securely by you. Lord, forgive me for, and see, I don't feel like I've ever devised harm, but Lord, I'd say, Lord, forgive me for devising harm against my neighbor. I forgive my forefathers for doing this. And, Lord, anybody that's devised evil against my forefathers, I forgive them. It says, do not contend with a man without cause if he's done nothing, done you no harm. Lord, forgive me for contending without cause. Do not envy a man of violence and do not um, choose any of his ways. Lord, forgive me for envying anybody and men of violence. Forgive me for choosing his ways. It says, for the devious are an abomination to the Lord. Lord, forgive me for being a devious, for being devious and for being an abomination. And that's basically how I do it. Like if it's a body part, I look, I pull up all the scriptures on um, legs, on feet, arms, shoulders, back. Uh, you can see one of the major causes of back problems is backsliding. In fact, there's a teaching I've done on this program, you can go to Dorothy Carruthers, um, her archives, and see a message I've done on back problems. If you can't find it that way, you can go on my website and find it. But it, but I pull up, um, normally I pull up whatever the body part is or whatever the symptom is, but when you're just reading the word, like uh, I've read to you, is you just repent over each verse, and that's how you do a word study. Whether you think you're guilty or not, you just ask God to forgive you for doing the very thing that you just read or not doing what you should have done. And then I forgive my forefathers for doing the same things, same sins that I've confessed. And then uh, because the sins of the parents pass on to the children to the third and fourth generation, 
I say, Lord, I ask you in Jesus' name to start with Adam and Eve and let your cleansing blood go down through my bloodline, washing away any ground Satan's had in my life for the, through these generational um, sins of my forefathers. I break these generational curses, soul tie curses, cultural curses. I put it under the blood of Jesus. And then I break soul ties with all my forefathers, everyone that they've sinned against or sinned against them. And in Jesus' name, I command all the demons that came in through these things to leave. And usually they're gone the minute I'm confessing. I can feel them, uh, feel things leave because I'm tears. You know, demons come out through tears, through going to the bathroom, through yawning, belching, burping, um, through different your different body parts. But you just take a scripture and you just start repenting over the word of God. And uh, you can get... Um, you can get a concordance. There's, a, you can get whatever Bible translation you use. Uh, I, I like the New American Standard, but I believe the King James is the, the probably the one that has less errors in it. And, but it, and I'm not saying the Word of God's fallible; it's not. But I'm saying men translate things different. Some of the scriptures have left out, like I know the New American Standard has left out where it says, "There's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus." Who live at, who walk in the spirit and not after the flesh? Well, uh, New American Standard leaves that out. It says there's there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, and that's not that's not true. So, it's good to compare the Bibles, but uh, I use the key, I use the New American Standard because that was the one that I started reading the most. But there's some that are even have left out a lot of stuff from the Bible. These newer translations, so. Um, so that's that's how you do a word study. You can do. There's so many scriptures on eyes. It says, for example, haughty eyes are abased, mean brought low. Um, talks about flattering people with the eyes. It talks about hearts trained in greed. There's like 800 scriptures on the heart. If you have heart problems, d- just repent over all the scriptures on heart, and you'll see clearly why you have a heart problem. You know, uh, high blood pressure has to do with uh, anxiety and has to do with fear. And a lot of the medications that people are on, the side effects of these medications um, are just, I mean, it's unbelievable. Sometimes on commercials you can hear it causes brain tumors and blindness and all kinds of stuff. And personally, in my opinion, you'd have to be crazy to take that stuff. And so I, I'm not trying to condemn anybody, and I'm not telling anybody not to take it because that's between you and God. But personally, uh, I the other day I was uh, I, I was using some eye drops. They were over the counter, and I was feeling muscle weakness in my legs. And I thought, I wonder if this this uh, uh, cysteine, I think that's what you call it, if that has side effects. It's supposed to be a harmless thing. I looked up all. I looked it up, and there were so many side effects. I thought I don't want to take this cause cause blurred vision. It can cause um, uh, itchy eyes, and you're gonna maybe think I'm crazy, but I pulled up on the internet homemade recipe for eye drops for dry eyes, and um, and of course I'm repenting over eye scriptures too. But um, the one that attracted me was one that you make with honey and water. And the recipe was uh, you boil um, purified water or distilled water. 
you boil distilled water and take a take a, a cup of distilled water from the water that's being boiled, and then you let it cool down, and then when it cools enough that to melt honey, but still you don't want the honey to boil in the water, you put a tablespoon of honey, stir that around, and put two or three drops in your eyes, two or three drops a day, and it's amazing how it makes your eyes feel. I, I later found out after doing this, what drew me to this was um, Jonathan, when he ate the honeycomb, it says his eyes brightened. And, of course, the children of Israel brought into the land that's flowing with milk and honey. So honey has to be a good thing. But it's antimicrobial. It's antibacterial. Um, it keeps your eyes from itching. It puts a coating over your eyes to protect your eyes from infection. It, it keeps your eyes moist. And it's amazing the difference of how my eyes feel uh, by using the honey drops versus the, the stuff over the counter. And so whatever you're taking, look up the side effects and pray about it. Seek God about everything you do. We're supposed to seek him. We're supposed to pray without ceasing. But, um, and, you know, if you're not going to get deliverance and you're not going to, um, uh, you're not going to repent, uh, you might as well put a Band-Aid on your spiritual problem. And you can put a Band-Aid on a spiritual problem by going to the world for answers and you still got that Band-Aid and you still have the curse. Now I'm going to read some of the curses of Deuteronomy, and I want you, if you've got your Bible, to circle. Let me see if I can find this. To circle every curse that you think you're under, and then we're going to. Um, if you go to Deuteronomy, I'm going to start. Dorothy, do you have your? Could you read Deuteronomy? Let's read the blessings. Deuteronomy 28 1 through 14 for me, in the New American Standard. I didn't know Give I me a chance to get it up. I was just, I was just looking for it in my eSword to try and download the New American Standard, and they uh-huh. don't have it unless you want to pay for it. So I have to go to uh, Blue Letter Bible. I'm sorry I didn't tell you ahead of time. I didn't know I was going to do this. <laughs> I just now. That's told. okay. Anyway, the word, you know, the Bible says the word of God is sharper and more powerful than any two-edged sword. It rightly divides the word of truth, piercing even to the dividing asunder of joint and marrow, soul and spirit, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And, you know, all scripture, the Bible says in First Peter or Second, uh, no, First or Second Timothy 3.15, all scripture is given for reproof, correction, and righteousness that the man of God might be fully equipped all scripture, and I and I quoted that wrong, but y'all familiar with that scripture? And tell me when you're ready, Dorothy. Okay, you said Deuteronomy just, 28, one through fourteen. Twenty-eight, one through fourteen. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. Uh, let's see, Deuteronomy 28, one. Now it shall be if you diligently obey the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed 
shall you be in the country. Shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your beasts, the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way and will flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing upon you in your barns and in all that you put your hand to, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, as he swore to you, if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. So all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they will be afraid of you. The Lord will make you abound in prosperity, in the offspring of your body and in the offspring of your beast and in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you only will be above and you will not be underneath. If you listen to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I charge you today, to observe them carefully and do not turn aside from any of the words which I command you today to the right or the left to go after other gods to serve them. Amen. What wonderful promises. And of course, we don't have cattle and we don't have, uh, but we have stuff and it's just talking about provision and what you have. But it starts in 2815. Now that's all the blessings. Now, the curse is, but it shall come about if you do not obey the Lord your God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, for which I charge you today that all these curses will come on you and overtake you. And, of course, curses are carried out by demon powers and blessings are carried out by the holy angels. Psalms 105 says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who watches over his word to perform it. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says that we're to lay aside every sin that entangles us because of the great witnesses that surround us. For we're surrounded by angels and demons watching us all the time. When you step out of the word of God, like my friend Milt used to say, it's thickum. When you walk according to the word, you have a hedge of protection around you. And when you are in sin, you break the hedge. And that's when the enemy comes in, comes in with sickness, deliverance, or whatever. That we need deliverance for And then it says So you know that all these curses are coming on Because of some area that we violated the word of God It says curse shall you be in the city And curse shall you be in the country Curse shall you be your kneading bowl Curse shall be your, your, your basket and your kneading bowl Curse shall you And so that's your food Curse shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the young of your herd and the, I'm sorry, and the 
increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Well, you know, we don't have animals, or we could live in the country, but um, it, it just it, it means the things that you own. Curse shall you be when you come in, and curse when you be shall you be when you go out. So you feel like everything you do is being cursed. You need to align your life with the Word of God. There was a time when I read, I would read all these curses, and I would say, "Okay, Lord, show me the sin that would bring this particular curse in my life. Show me the sin that would bring this curse in my life." And I can tell you, after doing this for many years, it didn't happen overnight, but but progressively, I can say there's just a few of these things I see working now in my life where before I saw a lot of them working. Deuteronomy 28:30, the Lord will send on you curses. You know, so we're blaming the devil for everything. Oh, the devil's attacking. Well, he can't attack you unless God lets him. The Lord will send on you curses, confusion, and rebuke and all you undertake to do until you're destroyed and until you perish quickly on the account of the evil of your deeds because you have forsaken me. So, Lord, forgive me. Show me any areas that I have forsaken you. It says the Lord will make the pestilence cling to you until he has consumed you on the land and where you are entering to possess it. So the Lord is making the pestilence come upon you. So why am I running around trying to find some man to fix me if God is the one that is sending this? I mean, I can put a Band-Aid on something. I can have it cut out, moved up, sewed up, uh, whatever, but the curse is still there until he has consumed you in the land where you're entering to possess it. The Lord will smite you with consumption, that's a wasting lung disease, and with fever and with inflammation and fiery heat and blight and sword and mildew until they pursue you until you perish. So, Lord, why, why do I have candida? Why is there, my house have mildew? Why, Lord, uh, what are you trying to show me through this? The heaven which is over your head shall be bronze and the earth which is under you iron. The Lord will make the rain of your land powder and dust from heaven. It'll come down on you until it has, till you're destroyed. You know, I live in a country. I have a, a gravel road, and I'm telling you, when it don't rain, you can drive down that road, and it's just one big thing of dust. <coughs> the Lord shall cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You will come against them one way and flee seven ways. Now, the blessing was they're going to come against you one way and they're going to flee seven ways so this is the curse they're going to come against you one way and you're going to flee seven ways before them and you'll be an example of terror to all the kingdoms of the earth verse 26 your carcasses shall be food to all of the birds of the sky and the beasts of the earth and there'll be no one to frighten them away now birds of the sky beasts of the earth those are types and shadows of demons you know in um in the New Testament, it says Paul fought with the wild beasts of Ephesus. He wasn't saying that uh, he was fighting with lions and tigers. He was fighting with people that were full of demons. And, of course, the birds of the sky um, in, the, in, the, in the Gospels in Mark 4, Luke 8, and Matthew 13, when Jesus gives the parable of the sower going out to sow the, the seed, and it says the birds came and took away the seed. And then later on in that passage, Jesus explains to the disciples that the birds were demons. Uh, The Lord, in verse 27, the Lord will smite you with the boils of Egypt. So you see that's a curse. 
and with tumors and with the scab and with the itch from which you cannot be healed. And so you can run to the world for answers, but you can't be healed of anything if you're under a curse. So whatever you do, if you go to the world, if you go to the doctor, whatever, you better be looking for the, for the cause of whatever is going on in your life. Because if you don't get to, to the cause, you can't have lasting healing. You just have to hang in there, and that's the best the world can do. You know, if it worked, they, it, I'm telling you, if, if medical worked, they'd be out of business. Deuteronomy 28, 28, the Lord will smite you with madness. There's mental problems, anger, bitterness. The Lord's going to smite you with madness, with, with uh, blindness, and with bewilderment of heart. And so I can say if you've got eye problems, like I've had eye problems, and praise God they're getting better. But um, with blindness, praise God I can see. But that's a curse. Bewilderment of heart. That could be heart problems, depression. And you'll grope as a blind man gropes in darkness. That has to do with eye problems. And you'll not prosper in your ways, but you shall only be oppressed and robbed continually with none to save you. It's kind of like the further I go, the behinder I get. It's kind of like when I was a kid, I liked to, when I'd go into a department store, I'd like to run up escalators that were going down and, and run down escalators that were going up. And that's kind of the way it is. You never go anywhere. You shall betroth a wife and another man will violate her. You'll build a house and not live in it. You'll plant a vineyard, but you'll not use its fruit. And so there you see divorce. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you'll not eat of it. Your donkey shall be torn from you, and you will not be uh, not be restored to you. And your sheep shall be given to your enemies, and you'll have none to save you. So that means all your stuff gets taken away. Your sons and your daughters should be given to another people while you look, while your eyes look on and yearn for them continually, but there'll be nothing you can do. And you see, that could be another eye problem. The scripture says that grief wastes away the eyes. And this is something I've forgiven my son for. When my son was uh, 18 years old, living a homosexual lifestyle, he moved to New York City. And I, and I could do nothing. He was given to another people, demon powers. While my eyes looked on and yearned for him continually But there was nothing I can do but pray I praise God though for Because of this son uh, God gave me a reason to pray And for 20 years I prayed for this son Lord do whatever it takes Just don't let him go to hell And I can thank God he's in heaven today uh, Deuteronomy 28:33. A people who you do not know Speaking of demons Shall eat up the produce of your ground And all your labors and you'll not you'll only be oppressed and crushed continually. You shall be driven mad by the sight of what you see. There's madness and insanity. There's mental problems. The Lord will strike you on the knees and legs with sore boils from which you cannot be healed from the sole of your foot to the top of to the crown of your head. The Lord will bring you now the Lord's gonna do it, you and your king whom you set over you. So it's whatever you put over you that's over Jesus. In other words, your king, what, whatever is controlling your life would be your king. The Lord will bring you and your king whom you set over you, God's not setting it over, but you are, to a nation which neither you nor your fathers have known, and there you will serve other gods of wood and stone. Because when you have, whenever you have another king other than Jesus, 
there's demons that come with it, gods of wood and stone. You should become a horror and a proverb and a taunt among all the people where the Lord, not the devil, the Lord will drive you. You shall bring out much seed to the field, but gather in little, for the locusts shall consume it. That means that um, grasshoppers, and in other words, if you have a garden. And I'll just, I'll just share a testimony. One year I went outside a few years ago, and there was frogs. All, oh, there was, everywhere I looked, there was a frog. And I thought, oh, dear Lord, I'm under the curse of Egypt. <laughs> so I started pulling up all the scriptures on frogs and lizards and locusts and grasshoppers and pestilence and repenting over every verse. And I can tell you, I could, that summer, I could, I don't, I mean, occasionally I see a frog, which is normal. But um, I only saw one grasshopper this year, this summer, and as hot as it was, and I could walk down the road and there would be grasshoppers everywhere. But in my yard, there was no grasshoppers. If you just see one in the summer, that's doing good. Anyway, uh, I'll share this testimony. When I moved on this land, I bought uh, 75 acres of land back. It was landlocked, and it was behind another, some other acreage, but, but later I ended up buying. But in the back, there was 75 acres, and I would walk back here, and I would hear birds singing, and I would walk all over this land, and... I mean, I just thought there's birds everywhere. And so when I moved, I built, had a home built back here, and I put a bird feeder up in the front yard and the backyard. And um, and so it was really strange. I never saw a bird. There's not one bird that came to those bird feeders. And so one day I was with some ladies here in Lindale. One lady did spiritual mapping over Lindale and over this area, and another lady was just two prayer warriors and we were praying and I said you know it's really strange since I moved back here I used to hear birds all the time but when I moved back here there's not one bird on this property so the lady that did spiritual mapping Mm -hmm. she had studied the land in Lindale and the different uh, people that had lived on the land and of the Indians and anybody that lived on the land and so one of the intercessors was a Cherokee Indian descent uh, descendant of Cherokee Indians so we just had went out in the front yard, and we she poured oil, and we did a little ceremony, and I forgave the Indians, and the Indians forgave me. And the next morning, I was sitting at my at my breakfast table looking out, and there were hundreds of birds. And robins, I've not seen a robin since, but I bet you there were 25 or 50 robins out in my yard. And I was amazed. I mean, there was woodpeckers. There was doves. There was all kinds of birds flocked in my yard. And I was amazed about that. Well, after a while, they, and I have not seen a robin since. I've seen some of those other birds, but I've never seen a robin since. And so after a few days, the birds dwindled, and I didn't see them anymore. So I was coming home one day, and as I was rounding the bend to come to my into my house, I heard the land mourns. So I came into the house, I got on my computer, and I pulled out up all the scriptures where it said the land mourns. And I repented over everything I had done on the land, everything that people that I had, uh, I had people that I was ministering to that lived on the land because I used to have a place where I housed people in their recovery. So I repented over everything they had done on the land. I repented over everything my forefathers had done on land. I repented over everything that anybody who had owned this land, leased this land, rented this land, or lived on this land had done. 
And when I and I broke generational curses, broke soul ties. And when I got to this one scripture that says the land mourns and the birds and animals disappear. And since then, I've had birds Mm -hmm. ever since. And so you see, the answer to all of your problems is in God's word. And so it's here, it says again, you'll bring out much seed to the field, but you will gather in little for the locusts shall consume it. In other words, they'll eat your garden. So whatever your problem is, find the answer in God's word. Look up all the symptoms. Look up the problem. In verse 29, it says, you shall plant and cultivate vineyards, but you will not drink of the wine nor eat of the grapes, for the worms shall devour them. You will have olive trees throughout your territory, but not anoint yourself with the oil, for the olives will drop off. You shall have sons and daughters, and they will not be yours. They'll go into captivity. And, of course, that's what my son, one son did. The cricket shall possess all your trees and the produce of your ground. The alien who's a, who is among you shall rise above you higher and higher, and you'll go lower and lower. We see this happening in America right now. He will lend to you, but you will not lend to him. He shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. He shall lend to you, but you shall not lend to him. Kind of sounds like credit card debt, doesn't it? So all these curses will come on you and pursue you and overtake you until you're destroyed. And then it says why? Because you you would not obey the Lord your God by keeping his commandments and his statutes, which he commanded you. They shall become a, a sign and a wonder on you and your descendants forever. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy of heart, joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies. Did Paul say your enemies are not flesh and blood, but principalities and powers? Therefore, you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord, whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst and nakedness. And the lack of all things, and he'll put an iron yoke on your neck until you're destroyed. Now, the only yoke that fits your neck is the yoke of Jesus, and it'll break off the yoke of iron. And it's a picture of submission to his lordship. And this is kind of the opposite of Matthew 6.33, where it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So the curse is the opposite. The Lord will bring a nation against you from afar, from the ends of the earth, as the eagle swoops down, a nation whose language you shall not understand. Kind of sounds like being overtaken by foreigners. A nation of fierce countenance who will have no respect for the old nor show favor to the young. Moreover, it shall eat the offspring of your herd and the produce of your ground until you are destroyed. who also leaves you no, mm-hmm. no grain, new wine, or oil, or the increase of your herd or the young of your flock until they have caused you to perish. It shall besiege you, that's the curse, in all your towns until your high and fortified walls in which you trusted in come down. Your high and fortified walls is whatever you're trusting in. And I can tell you for me, it was dye pills, it was uh, caffeine, Um, whatever you're trusting in. Praise God, I've been delivered from those things. 
I was addicted to diet pills for 17 years. And uh, praise God, in 1969, I was totally delivered from them. It wasn't easy. And the Lord delivered me from caffeine. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with caffeine, but in my life, it was like the Lord was saying, Jerry, it's not by your might or by your power or by the power of caffeine. It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. And so I was trusting it for energy and strength. It, it was an idol in my life. And so I'm talking about idolatry. You know if it's an idol in your life. And it shall be seed you in all your towns throughout your land, which the Lord your God has given you. But he says, basically, he says, it's going to besiege you until your high fortified wall comes down. In other words, there's deliverance whenever I lay down the idol. Then you shall eat. And now this, is the, this shows you what the depravity of man, and you see this in Satanism or in a cult. Then you shall eat the offspring of your own body, the flesh of your sons and daughters, whom the Lord has given you during the siege and distress by which your enemy shall oppress you. You know, in Satanism or in the occult, they, they're eating the cannibalism, eating their own children, eating other people. The man mm-hmm. who is refined and delicate among you shall be hostile toward his brother and toward the wife he cherishes and toward the rest of his children who remain so that he will not even give so that he will not give even one of them any of the flesh of his children which he will eat he has nothing else left during the siege and distress by which your enemy shall oppress you in your town the refined and delicate woman among you who would not venture to set the the sole of her foot on the ground for delicateness and for refinement shall be hostile toward her husband and she shall be hostile toward her children, toward her son and daughter. You know, there was a time in my life that just sitting around the breakfast table or dinner table, just the sound of my family's voice made me want to just scream. And that certainly was working in my life at that time, but praise God that's not now. It says, and toward her after birth, which issues from between her legs and toward uh, her children, whom she bears, for she will eat them secretly for lack of anything else during the siege and distress by which your enemies shall oppress you in your town. And they do this in the occult, the afterbirth. They do ceremonies with afterbirth. If you are not careful to observe, to do all these words of this law, which are written in this book, to fear this honored and awesome name, the Lord your God, The Lord will bring extraordinary plagues on you and your descendants, even severe and lasting plagues and miserable and chronic sicknesses. And I can tell you that cancer is a curse. We know that. There's so many things that people go through now that are a curse. And if you're under a curse, there's not going to be healing until you find out why it's causing the curse because a curse without a cause cannot lie. He will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt by which you are afraid and they'll cling to you. And, of course, Egypt is a type of the world. And so in covenant, God took away the diseases and sickness in covenant, but he says he's going to bring them back on you. Also, every sickness and plague which is not written in this book of the law, the Lord will bring on you until you're destroyed. In other words, that's sicknesses and diseases that have not even been discovered yet. Then you will be left few in number, whereas... You were as numerous as the stars of heaven because you did not obey the Lord your God. 
It shall come about that the Lord who delighted over you to prosper you and to multiply you, so the Lord will delight over you to make you perish and destroy you. And he will bring, and and you will be, and you'll be torn from the land where you're entering to possess it. Moreover, the Lord, the Lord, will scatter you among all the peoples of the earth, from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth, and there you shall serve other gods of wood and stone, which you nor your fathers have not known. Now, there's a there's a scripture in the New Testament where Jesus said, if you're not gathering with me, you're scattering. So it's a type of deliverance. He's going to scatter you among all the peoples. Among those nations, you shall find no rest. And that's a curse that we are under a curse of no rest. If you never can rest, you're under a curse because the reason that this is a curse is because the only solution for living unrest is to wear wear the yoke of Jesus. In Matthew 11, 28, 29, Jesus says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble, and you shall find rest for your soul, for my burden is light and my load is easy. So if, we're, if we can find no rest, we're under a curse because we've got the wrong yoke on our neck. And there'll be no resting place for the sole of your foot, but there the Lord will give you a trembling heart. That's heart problems, heart palpitations, uh, failing eyes, and despair of soul. So you see failing eyes is a curse. Despair of soul is a curse. Happy is the man who puts his trust in the Lord, the Bible says. So your life will hang in doubt before you, and you'll be in dread night and day and have no assurance of your life. Morning, you'll say, oh, I wish it were evening, and the evening we say, oh, I wish it were morning, because of the dread of your heart, for the sight of which your eyes, for, you, uh, for the sight of your eyes, which you will see. The Lord will bring back, bring you back to Egypt, and like the back to the world on ships by way about which I spoke to you and you will never see it again. And there you will offer yourself for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but there'll be no buyer. In other words, no one will want you. You can also read the curses and blessings in Leviticus 26 and pray over all of those. And so you see the answer to all your problems is in God's word. And I hope that by Uh, sharing how to do a word study that you'll be students of the word of God and so if you don't have a love for the word ask God now to give you a love for the word of God to give you a love for the truth because the Bible says it's truth that sets you free and the scripture says without understanding my people are ruined understanding is the truth that sets you free and so seek the truth love the truth embrace the truth and uh Get in the truth. The Bible is the true word of God. And so I'm going to share a little bit about, um, I'm not going to pray deliverance because I believe that that's something that right now the Lord's wanting you to do. And I hope as the, as the, you circle the, the curses in Deuteronomy 28, you'll be um, looking for um, the spiritual roots and the answers to your problems. Don't just live in problems. God is a problem solver. He's already solved the problem. And he tells us that we're, he, uh, Proverbs 25, 2 says, 
It's mm-hmm. the glory of God that can seal a matter, but the glory of kings to search a matter out. So search the matter out. Whatever the problem is, ask God what he's trying to teach you. It says in James um, that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally and upbraids not. But let him ask in faith without doubting. People that ask and then they doubt, they're like a ship driven of the wind and, and, and tossed. So ask God for wisdom and he'll give it to you. And um, our address is Abiding Life Ministries, Post Office Box 1141, Lindale, Texas. Our website is Jerry McGee. That's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E dot com. And that takes you to my website. And there's lots of free CDs you can listen to. There's articles you can print out. There's one on financial problems. I encourage you to listen to that one. <clears throat> there's it's. I don't know if I've titled it. I need to go in there and look. But if it's 42 reasons or 39 reasons to financial problems, it really came out of a, a year where I was really struggling. And not that it hadn't been a struggle. I'm not saying that. But the curse is. There's these reasons God showed me why we have financial problems. If you'd like to donate to the ministry, we appreciate those of you who give to the ministry. Uh, we it costs money to have a secretary to print books and to run a ministry, so we'd appreciate anything you can do to help us. And and the lady that sponsors this program is so such a blessing to allow us to be on this program, and she doesn't charge. She pays for it, and I don't know what it costs to pay for it, but you can send her a gift by by sending it to D for Dorothy, D. Churchy, C-H-U-R-C-H-Y dot, I'm sorry, let me go over it, D. Churchy, number one, the, the letter one, at hotmail.com. Also, you can see my son, Todd's Greatest Regret video. You can watch that online. Um, if you'll sign up for my email, uh, I try to send out little daily thoughts of encouragement uh, occasionally. I try to do it. I used to do it every day, but because it's been difficult these last years with everything else I do, I don't do it every day, but I like to send out little thoughts to encourage. And uh, also, you can, like I said, you can watch my son's testimony that was made 13 days before he died of AIDS. If you want prayer, call 646. Five nine five. Um, wait a minute, I need to use my here. Let me start over. Six four six five nine five four seven eight four. And don't forget to press one. I'll be happy to pray for you. I encourage you on my also on my website. There's some books. One called. Um, Resetting life's negative reaping patterns. You know, we all have negative things to reap, and we all have positive things to reap. But it it shows you how to change the bad reaping to the good reaping. There's one I wrote on grief, exchanging sorrow for joy, um, and I believe that'll minister to you. And there's a book called Clearing the Land, and you can actually get deliverance just going through that book and praying the prayers. All the curses in the Bible are. Uh, in that little book and there's prayers to pray to show you how to break the curses and um, I encourage you that it's also in Spanish I encourage you to order that you can order all of those things online um, I have a 
meeting in Duncanville the first Saturday, Duncanville, Texas, the first Saturday of the month. And it's the Hilton Garden Inns, and it's located at exit um, at the Main Street exit off of Interstate 20 in Duncanville. I believe it's exit, exit 492. And um, anyway, it's at 10 o'clock from 10 to 1, and, and we pray personally for anyone that needs prayer. If you're in the Duncanville, Dallas, uh, Fort Worth, Arlington, Euless, Grand Prairie, uh, Texas, uh, towns, then you're close by. And uh, I'll be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp every holiday. This next one coming up is uh, their 2018 Christmas Winter Camp, and it's uh, it, it starts on the 20, December the 27th and goes to the 31st of um, 2018, and I'll be at the International Spiritual Warfare Conference the 14th through the 17th in Beaumont, Texas, and I encourage you to go, and you can go online to spiritualwarfareteam.com. If you want to go to Lake Hamilton Bible Camp, it's very inexpensive. And uh, we have prayer teams that pray for people. We pray for people every morning, and you can get deliverance every day, and it's very, very inexpensive. You can go to LakeHamiltonBibleCamp.com. Well, I just appreciate you listening in. If there's not any callers that will just say, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. And um, also, let me just say this. Email me. I love to hear what God's done in your life. To God be the glory. It always encourages me when I hear that God helps somebody. And so I just bless you, and and may the Lord bless you and keep you, and make his face shine upon you, and give you more peace in Jesus' name. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 